what yeah. you say about Los Angeles. LA got the people saying. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Monday, August 9th, after the LA Galaxy's 1-1 draw with the Vancouver Whitecaps. We're going to talk about that game. A little disappointing, I know. Uh, we'll talk about some of the positives, some of the negatives in there, and what it's going to be like in this next couple of weeks to talk about this Galaxy schedule that's upcoming, uh, a bunch of things, attendance issues. We want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, new signing that we didn't get a chance to talk about on Thursday as well, so we'll cover that. Uh, sort of leads you through this week. This is uh, this is one of those weeks where you get a little breath before it gets really crazy, and so hopefully we can be a little breath of fresh air for you to help me out tonight. Uh, he's not Kevin Baxter because Kevin apparently, as we've heard, is on his way back from Tokyo. So back to fill in for Mr. Kevin Baxter once again. It's Larry Morgan, not on Twitter. Larry, how's it going, buddy? Good, Josh. Reporter for duty. Thanks for having me on, sir. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. We appreciate you filling in for uh, for the panda there. I'm sure he's going to be nice and ornery whenever he gets back after uh, after having all the uh, the time changes and all those fun things that he's going through. I think I think he's going to be a bit sleep deprived too, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, I'm sleep deprived just texting him, so I can I can yeah. understand how that goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, a real big swing for him. So he was actually emailing us after the game. I think he was uh, he was either putting some final touches on some things or wrote a story from Tokyo that actually covered the galaxy. He was he was working on something. Yeah, he yeah he was working on his column. He texted him, he uh, emailed me his column. He likes to have me look at it because I guess his desk just doesn't like to. Doesn't like to read about soccer, so he asked me to do it, and I'm more than more than happy to do it. So he was e- e- emailing me, and and he left a couple of blanks for the uh, Galaxy and LAFC matches. So that's good. But I read the rest of it. Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, a little housekeeping before we get too far away is on Thursday night, Larry, Sophie and I were talking about the transfer window deadline. We told you the LA Galaxy were still on uh, still looking to acquire one more person. We told you earlier in that evening, it actually seemed like perhaps they wouldn't be able to get it done in time. And having said all that, uh, eventually, uh, as the show drew to a close, we told you that we were expecting something to happen on Friday morning, and you did get the announcement that we were expecting. Again, not huge news, uh, but the LA Galaxy did acquire defender Nico Hamelinen on loan from Queens Park Rangers. There's lots of umlauts in there, uh, in, in that Hamelinen, but you shouldn't be afraid of it. I actually think that's one of the easier ones to pronounce. I wonder how many people were actually hoping that this mysterious signing was going to be a certain player from Barcelona who's now who was a free agent. I, I really I seriously wonder how many people were actually hoping and praying that Mr. Messi was going to come to Los Angeles. I mean, come on, let's be realistic. Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it was all fun. Well, Aaron already dropped a $5 uh, super chat in there. I like this one. This is a good one to kick up, kick this particular show off. He says Galaxy fans are the best fans. They can find anything to complain about. Josh and Larry, what is your favorite thing Galaxy fans complain about. Well, Larry, do you have a, a favorite thing Galaxy fans complain about? 
trying to wow. think. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, oh, think, right now they complain about Kevin. Maybe it's, Ke- maybe it's 20, 20 bucks to park there. To- that is that is a lot <laughs> of money. I was going to say you, you and I shouldn't really, we don't really shouldn't no. complain though because we don't pay for parking. So whenever yeah. we go, but um, yes, that $20 is an extreme amount of money to park. Um, I would think that uh, Galaxy fans complaining about Kevin Cabral right now is one of my favorite things because uh, I see people complaining, he can't score goals and then he scores a goal and it's like, well, that was easy. It's like, you can't have it both ways and and we can talk a lot about Kevin Cabral. Um, I'm trying to think, there used to be lots of fun things that, that Galaxy fans yeah. complained about. Um, I, I mean, you certainly can't complain about about the sight lines, about the atmosphere there. I mean, I just... Oh, I'm, I don't. I, I I don't know. I personally, I, I think it's a wonderful place to watch a match. It, it is. Really is. I agree with you 100. percent I, I just I just can't think of what uh, they complain about other than they always they always ask for perfection from this team. And as we were saying before the show, this league is not set up that way. I mean, this isn't a league of haves and have-nots. I mean, anybody can beat everybody else on any given day, and unless you're extremely lucky. I'm sorry, you're not going to win every match. That's all. There uh, is yeah. To it. Yeah. No. No. There's a lot of things. It was funny because people are saying, you know, everyone's complaining about the pizza and 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 Dignity Health Sports Park. Hey, if you want to complain about the food in there, I, I'm probably on your side on that one as well. Um, Stick unless, with the pretzel. Stick it, with the pretzel. Yeah. Larry likes the pretzels. I like the cookies. I understand the cookies are overpriced. I get did it. Did you ever finish that bucket of cookies, Josh? I, I finished a lot of them. Yes. Okay. Thank you okay. very much. I did. Okay. Um, but yeah, for for me, that's that that's fine. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other things that oh scheduling scheduling is a big thing that that people like to complain about too. Um, and I, I think personally we're, think every game should start no later than 11 a.m. Yeah, I was going to say if you're asking Larry for any of this, uh, his answer is always going to be early starts. Let's let's get let's kick this thing off early because uh, I think most reporters one you don't want to be writing up against deadline, which is why Correct. everybody says early. And two, it gets you know it's nice in the middle of the day. You get up, you go to the stadium, you do your work, you come home, you still get to have dinner with the significant other. So um, all those things. Does it work out a little bit better? But uh, I kind of like I, I do like Saturday night seven thirty p.m. starts. Those are those are usually my favorites. I, I like know, six I, o'clock starts on Saturdays. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Doesn't surprise me at all. All right, <laughs> let's get to the LA Galaxy now. Um, so uh, you know, you they signed Nico, which is going to be good because we're going to talk about Jorge Villafania going down um, in this game with a uh, hyperextended knee. Larry, what what did you you and I well, were talking whenever he went down? I was just going to say about Nico, well, first of all, as far as I know, he was not named after the former singer of the Velvet Underground, yes. which goes way, way back. But as far as Jorge, when you know, we saw him walk off the field, he looked okay, wasn't limping, wasn't grimacing, but when they said a hyperextended knee, that, auto, that auto, automatically means it's a finicky injury. You don't know how serious it is until they look at it, give an MRI. So my guess is he's going to be out at least two matches. Yeah. I could be wrong. It could be just a little, you know, tweak or in there, but I have a feeling it's a little bit more serious than than that. And yeah. that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he was really solid. Well, he really, uh, really was. I'll say this. One, we haven't had any official uh, announcement on how long he will he will be out. So everybody calm down with that. And I was telling Larry, I've hyperextended my knee a couple times. One time uh, I was okay the next day and it wasn't really a problem. And it hurt a lot at the beginning and it was a little sore for a little while. But, you know, after a week of, of sort of just being nice and easy on it, I was back to normal 100%. Uh, I also am not a professional athlete. I don't know if people could tell that about me. Sometimes I get confused for one. It happens. Um, sure. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, and then uh, the other part of that is that I've also done it where I've like basically been out a month. So um, we will see what sort of happens there. You have Acosta come in, came in for him. I thought Acosta did okay. 
Um, it was all right, yeah. He hasn't played a whole bunch, so I wasn't right. really expecting a whole bunch. But then, so you have uh, Nico as well there now, and it was a, a good sort of signing to be in, be in there. Dave, uh, Greg Vanny was saying, we can't constantly rely on, you know, Jorge Villafania to play every minute of every game, Larry. That's And that's a huge thing. You cannot rely on all of these guys to play every minute of every game. You need backups. You need to be able to give guys rest whenever it comes, because I think as we're going to see in this game especially... That second half was a was a com, uh, a compilation of things, um, and we're going to talk about hopefully all of them. But one of them is that they were tired at the end of you know a three game week. That that second half they didn't have the energy. I, I thought it was especially noticeable in, in Julian Araujo, who was dynamic in the first half, didn't have a lot of gas in the second half, and you could sort of see no. whenever Julian gets tired, he starts grabbing and he starts not getting in front of balls and things like that. And you could see he was he was gassed. Yeah, he starts getting a little feisty, which is which is one of his old habits that he appeared to have broken. But as you said, when when the endurance started to run out, he got a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say chippy, but uh, certainly a little bit more physical than he had been. Yeah, you can but see. He, but he still played well. There's no doubt about that. He still played well. Yeah, I, I think he was fine. Let's get to uh, the game against Vancouver. Your starting lineup, um, not much changed here, except that you do get Jonathan Dos Santos back in the starting lineup, Sebastian Legette in the starting lineup. Um, so Kevin Cabral was up top as your central striker. You had Grant Sear on the left, Alvarez on the right. Grant Sear would eventually uh, slide over to the right-hand side as well um, in the second half, so he would slide over whenever they made some subs. Uh, Legette was in there. Dos Santos was in there. Uh I keep I, I keep wanting to say uh you know Revelison, but it's not uh Revelison. Uh, Ryan, Ryan double, Reve- yeah, it, it, it's double it's, easy way out. It's it's going to be a long, long rest of the season for me to figure yeah. out Revelison. So Revelison there in the center, uh, Viafania on the left side, Williams, Kulabale, and Araujo in there, and Jonathan Bond in the back. So uh, I think a pretty standard, straight, straightforward lineup. I think the only thing that changes whenever Chicharito comes back, or whenever Dion Jovalich and everybody was waiting, Larry, with sort of bated breath about to find out whether or not you know Jovalich would be available. And on yeah. Saturday night, I had been reaching out to people and it didn't look good and I, we didn't expect anything to change on Sunday. So uh, he is, uh, as far as I know, this is Monday. I don't have an update on him right now, uh, but I would imagine that he will uh, that he will be available this weekend. They, they seem to be pretty high on him, on him possibly even playing Sunday. So I would imagine that with, you know, five, six days in, in the week, in a business week, they will be able to get uh, Dejan Jovalich in and and ready for that game in Minnesota. And if they go to a starting lineup with Jovalich, the only thing that really changes here is that I think Alvarez probably goes to the bench, even though he's been some of the better uh, players in the last two games. Um, I would expect that Alvarez goes to the bench for a little bit. Cabral drops back into a winger position. Grant Sear comes on the right side. Cabral goes to the left side. And then you have uh, Jovalich either up top or Chicharito, if he's healthy up top, um, sort of starting that. And Greg Vanny has like 13 different options that he can do as well, Larry, that all fit into other things. So you could start Alvarez. You could sit Cabral. You could do a lot of things um, differently uh, once you get everybody back. And I think that's going to be our biggest sort of guess whenever this happens, Larry, is when everybody gets healthy, how are we going to sort of predict what the starting lineup is going to be? Because Greg Vanny said it recently. He said, we're going to have starters coming off the bench here. You know, and speaking, you know, and speaking of Alvarez, going back a little bit, we were talking about him in the press box during the match. And certainly I think there was an argument for him being the man of the match in that tie yesterday. Um, you know, he's not particularly fast, but he has very quick feet. Mm-hmm. If you watch him and he's a good passer of the ball, uh, but, yeah, I think he would go to the bench. 
yeah, uh, with with the with the infusion of the new talent. I think he would, and it you know it's but he may be one of those guys you call the instant offense off off the bench. Yeah, and and by the way, um, that's not to say that I think he's playing worse uh, than Cabral. I just think that how Vanny wants to line up and what's in his mind right now and what he wants to see first is going to be somebody like Alvarez coming off the bench. Um, but make no mistake about it, there's going to be players who were quote-unquote starters that are going to the bench whenever he yeah. gets everybody healthy. We know that. I mean, Jovalich might not have a starting spot whenever Chicharito comes back, or they're going to play two forwards up top. Um, so there's a lot of different things to sort of look at as this Galaxy team gets healthy. Just sort of keep in mind that there's going to be some shift around, and Vanny's going to have a lot of options, and he was... He was very excited about those options, Larry, whenever we talked to him on Friday, right? He was talking about how there's so many things he can do. I mean, I call him almost giddy, right? I, I, and and it's he wasn't really, he wasn't sitting there smiling, like jumping, but he got excited in the way that he was explaining what he would be able to do and what he's looking for for the second half of this season. So, um, you know, seeing a starting lineup that is basically down one starter is uh, is pretty interesting, um, whenever you look at this. So I, I really sort of like how, how Vanny may set this up. And I think he has a ton of options going forward. But in this game, we look at the start of the first half, Larry and the LA galaxy came pretty much firing out of the gate. Uh, Greg Vanny was a little, uh, he was at least, uh, inquisitive to the point where he said the first 15 or 20 minutes, maybe they didn't have great possession, only possession for possession's sake. Uh, but he liked the energy that came out. You know, I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but I wanted to to go back to an issue which I think might be interesting to keep an eye on with all these options that you just just brought up with and having to bring starters off off the bench. You have to wonder how this so-called great vibe in the locker room is going to be affected. Uh, you know, Jonathan Bond has been talking all season about this being one of the best locker rooms and changing rooms he's ever been in. But you're going to have some bruised egos out there. Yes. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Dan Steris, who looks like he's lost his starting job. Uh, maybe Efrain Ephra- Alvarez go to the bench. You know, maybe Legette might go to the bench. And it, I just wonder how this is going to affect the locker room. Yeah. Which, which, which to this point has been, by all accounts, very, very good. So it's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on that. I mean, if if Greg Vanny, and he seemed to have been able to do it in Toronto, if Greg Vanny can get everybody pulling on the same end of the rope, then it kind of doesn't matter if you're on the bench, yeah. right? And there's right. we know there's going to be veterans on the bench, like Victor Vasquez, like um, you know Sasha Kleshton, that are going to be on the right. bench saying, you guys better be ready to go in and make an impact whenever you come in. We're going to do that. You better be able to do that, too. So I think there's a lot of you know lead by example on a whole bunch of things that can happen. Um, John in the chat room says, you know, a condensed schedule with Greg with Greg Vanny will ensure everyone who deserved playing time will get it with the five subs. And the five subs are really important. Um, one, that's never going away. I know people keep thinking that's going away. That's never going away for me. Um, and <laughs> and I, I'm just telling you, it's the, the players union likes it because that more players get time. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of things um, that you can sort of look at and say, uh, you know, you can you can make an argument why it makes things better. Even the pace of play, um, even down the stretch, even the, the different things that you're able to do, five subs is staying. And I think Greg Vanny is a coach where you where you love that he has five subs. I'm sure with three subs, and he showed it, he can make a difference. But with five subs sure. and starters coming off the bench, you can really affect change in a game. And maybe that's converse, Larry, to what he was saying 
earlier on whenever they were thin and they were going through that stretch of games, basically the three game road trip, which was right. you can't rely on the young guys to save the game in the second half. You have to win it in the first half. And I think he's going to have game changers that come off the bench in the second half to not have to put the young players in position to try to win something. Yeah, it's just going to be very, very interesting to see what transpires. Um, again, I just go to the so-called camaraderie that's been built up this season, just how it's going to be affected with uh, with the with the personnel now. It's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. And going back to what you were saying about the first half of the Vancouver match, it just seemed to me the Galaxy was unlucky. Um, Derek Williams said after the match that if we have scored another goal, it's going to be game over. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go quite that far. But certainly the Galaxy would have been in command. And I had said all, all along, you don't like to keep a team like Vancouver, which certainly lacks talent. You don't like to keep a team like that hanging around and hanging around. And the Galaxy paid the penalty. Came out lack, like lackluster in the, right at the start of uh, after halftime. And as w- William said, we got punished. Yeah. And, and they deserve to get punished. I mean, up to a certain point, yes. I, I will also say that, you know, Derek said that he didn't feel like they gave him a lot of chances. The one real big chance sort of came off of the the set piece and that they that need to do better. Um, you know, I was asking in our discord. Um, and if you haven't joined our discord, you should, there's like 800 of us in there now. I think there's a Is whole... anybody asking for me in there. No, not one person. <laughs> No. Thank you very much. I mean, you you are in there. If you go in there, you have a screen name and everything, so you can go in. But I don't think everybody is like, "Oh, where where's Larry?" No, nobody ever says that. That's I just I just I want to be real with you. All right, we're 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 playing like brothers here, Larry. We're I'm like just, brothers. I'm not loved. I'm not loved. There's no ego. There's no ego in the COG changing room. All right. I just I just want to make sure that uh, that you understand <laughs> that we're just all doing this for the for the betterment of the podcast. Um. No, uh, so you go into you know this this lineup, and I was asking the Discord. I was saying, okay, so who had a bad game? Tell me the people who had the bad games in this, because I will tell Sega you, Sega was Sega was a little bit wobbly. He was shaky, but I wouldn't consider him. I don't no, consider I don't he had a bad, bad game. game. No, you know, somebody pointed out Jonathan Bond. I will say that I thought Bond coming out to try to get that ball on the set piece. I thought he was never getting there. Now, right, he was slightly out of position. Right, but at the same time, Larry, I've also, if you look at that shot and the header you have to sit there and say, okay, so if he stays home, does he have a better chance at that? No, I don't think he does. I right. think that's still a goal. So right. it's one of those. It's like, did he know it was in that danger of a situation? The, the bottom line is if you're a goalkeeper and you come off your line, you need to get to that ball. You cannot not get to that ball. And he didn't get to the ball. He was behind right. uh, their number four who ended up scoring. Uh, and you know, and don't so, try to pronounce his name because it's impossible. It, it, it's I'm sure it's not impro- impossible. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was one of those, I, I saw it and it was a long one. Um, but you know, he did that, but you know, Koulibaly also could have been a little tighter on the mark on that as well. So, I mean, there are things that you can sit there and say, but I'm going to tell you right now out of the starting 11, nobody had a bad game. There were no, just I not agree. some great games. And, and I think that goes for the entire LA galaxy lineup all the way through into the second half. The first half was energetic. It was quick passing. It was guys looking to break things open. It was creative. It wasn't predictable. Um, you know, it was all the things that you want to see. <laughs> I think Derek Williams said, you know, the first half is the way we like to play. That's the way. And everybody's, everybody saw that first half is the way they like to play. Uh, you know, Grant Sear missed a, a good shot. It wasn't an easy shot, but he missed a good shot. Cabral missed another one. We ended up putting the second one in. Um, if he's hitting 50% of his shots, the LA galaxy would be doing just fine. I'm not worried about him. <laughs> um, but you know, there's, there's little things in there that they miss some chances. Uh, and because they missed their chances, because they weren't ruthless in that, they allowed a team who didn't play midweek 
to hang around, right? So Vancouver came in there not having played midweek, didn't have that extra game. Yes, they traveled. They came in. So that that even the playing field. And so what did you end up getting? You got a 1-1 draw. Galaxy end 1-1-1 against Vancouver. I will tell you right now, I understand that Vancouver is the last place team in, in the Western Conference. Larry, I understand that nine times out of 10, the LA Galaxy should beat Vancouver and absolutely it was drop points at home. There was no excuse for losing that game. You need to be able to grind that out and get the three points. All that being said, I think Vancouver has the Galaxy's number. I'm not overly concerned about what I saw against Vancouver in any of the three games that tells the Galaxy have played two bad games this year. Both of them were against Vancouver. All right. So, you know, as with as in any sport, there are. Certain there are teams that have trouble with certain teams. I don't care what sport, what league it is. And apparently, apparently Vancouver is the Galaxy's nemesis. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like yeah, it does. It feels like there is something that is keeping the LA Galaxy from being good against Vancouver. And I'll say this. I think people like to say, oh, well, they played down to their level of competition. I hate that. I don't think that that's one is that in Major League Soccer, Larry, the difference between first place in the Western Conference and last place in the Western Conference is like 2%, right? It's like 2% more effort. It's 2% little things. And you can have that on some nights and you can not have that on some nights. The Galaxy didn't have that extra 2% on Sunday night. And because of that, Vancouver was able to, to keep it close and they stole a goal and, and they did what they were supposed to do. You look at expected goals, they're even. So you can't even tell me that, you know, the Galaxy should have scored a whole bunch more goals. They should have probably made, had a, a half more goal, right? One half of a, a chance, a little bit better. Grant Sear buries his, Cabral buries his first one. Those types of things can sort of put the LA Galaxy ahead. And then those are the difference makers in that. Um, do, do you agree with Greg Vanny when he said we were not ready to play? It wasn't that I, so I, 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 will, I don't know if I'd go that extreme. It's so he didn't say that exactly. I actually have that, his, his, or we weren't ready for the opportunity. To, we weren't ready for the opportunity to take first place. I right, believe that, right. um, because I asked the question, um, you know, sort of you, you guys had a chance to play for first place. That's the big deal here, right? Is the Galaxy have had sure. a couple chances to sort of shoot up that standings and they haven't taken those opportunities when they've come. Um, I think there's been two games where it's sort of been like, oh, well, the Galaxy could have taken points and done some things. Um, and Greg Vanny's saying, and I I don't know why, I enjoy, I enjoy the quote. I think it's an excellent quote saying that we weren't ready to we weren't ready to be in first place yet. This is we have to earn that, and we didn't earn it, so we're not ready, and that's going to tell us something. Um, and oh, by the way, I have a bunch of geniuses in the chat room who think that I that that two percent isn't enough to to change things uh, in in Major League Soccer. Absolutely, a fully staffed Galaxy team is only two percent better than the Whitecaps. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. And by the way, the Whitecaps have proved that now in two separate games. All right. They beat the galaxy <laughs> on the road. Right. And they beat and they took them and got a point at 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 Dignity Hell Sports Park. So absolutely. Um, you can have all the high price talent you want. I watched the LA Galaxy with Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan and David Beckham lose games. I've seen it. I saw it over and oh, over yeah. again, as a matter of fact, over years. They didn't lose a lot of them, but they lost games. Right. Well, it's just it's just that opposing teams always seem to give the galaxy their best effort. Something like that. I will also. Yeah. I also don't love that. By the way, I, I will say that the LA Galaxy haven't scared enough people to really be that way, um, yeah. and so especially not here recently. Um, I think when they had Zlatan Ibrahimovic, they scared a lot of people. Can you? Somebody was asking what would happen if Zlatan Ibrahimovic was on this team, right? On this team with Greg Vanny 
doing the stuff that he's doing. And, and I this see, defense. With this defense, which, by the way, Larry, you could argue this defense is not any better than, than the other defense with the amount of goals they've given up. Yeah, I, I still like this defense more than, you know, the last uh, past uh, couple of years. I think there's better communication. There's, there's better talent. Um, I happen to like it. Uh, it's just, have they been unlucky a few times? Sure. Have the, has the, the galaxy re- re- relaxed at the wrong time? Sure. But overall, I like this defense more I, than yeah. what they've had the last few years. That's the correct answer. They just need time to settle, um, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. Um, somebody and somebody American Blue says Cabral strikes fear in no one right now. Absolutely 100% true. Cabral doesn't scare anybody. That's true. Except for that one guy from, uh, was it from Portland who he sat down or RSL who he sat down on his backside? That guy's a scared of Kevin Cabral right now. <laughs> uh, here's Greg Vanny after the game and sort of talking about, um, but you know, uh, you know, we weren't ready. Um, and I just, I, I just think it's, it's, it's one of those things that you sit there and you listen to the quote and you go, you know, that, that makes sense. And there's some other parts of this that I want to get to um, as well. So here's Greg Vanny. So, you know, our team is starting to come together. So I'm pleased where, with where we are and what we have in front of us. It's just it's disappointing. And I know the group is disappointed because you have an opportunity today to at home to go out and jump into first place. Uh, and they've set themselves up for that opportunity. And, and we let it slide today, which is disappointing. But the message is maybe we weren't ready to take it today, but we need to be ready to take it the next time we get it, and we need to get ourselves keep getting better and keep improving and, again, playing over 90 minutes. You know, and the next series of games is three and six days. So it, it can't be that, that we can't bounce back in three and eight. We're going to have to bounce back in three and six and get, and get points. So. so there you go. So a little bit we weren't ready. Here's the, here's the crazy thing about all this. So the LA Galaxy draw this game. They go off, you know, um, by the way, uh, I'm not. I know I'm a harsh critic of referees, uh, Larry. And Baltimore Toledo is is oh one, Baltimore Toledo is one of my least favorite in terms of guys who I watch because I think all he, way Toledo. Yeah, and I just think that there's something about the way that he refs games that is unpredictable and just wasn't a thing. I was not the one who even brought it up in the press box afterwards. Um, it was another reporter in there, and I won't mention his name so that way he can't be like accused of criticizing referees out of hand either. Um, but he said it first and I was like yes I know we all saw it it was a it was a horribly reft game uh there were multiple yellow cards and multiple fouls Efrain Alvarez getting wrapped up and two hands around the waist and not getting a call at the top of the penalty box is ridiculous um so that was that was something that being said the Galaxy still should have won that game so um you know you can look they at all that one handily they should have won handily so after everybody was done yelling at the referee after the game they all went into the locker room after they went over to uh to Victoria Block and saluted everybody and you know I know that was tough for them listen the Galaxy took this as a loss. I know that the Galaxy took this as a loss. I know that everybody, including myself, was almost like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't win it. Like, it was like, in my brain, I was like, this is a loss. Um, and everybody reacted that way whenever we were talking to them. So the guys go into the locker room. Uh, Nikki K from Spectrum Sportsnet did a great job covering this because uh, she's actually allowed down in there. Um, and so she gets those face-to-face interviews, and she was there able to overhear a certain player who took six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes after the game to go in there and and yell is a term, but I don't want you to think angry. I want you to think motivate, right? So you can yell at people to motivate them. Um, and there was a player in there who who got everybody around them, was in the locker room, and took like ten minutes to motivate that team to talk to them about it. Uh, this player was um, telling the LA Galaxy that if you want to be great. 
then you have to believe that you can be great. And if you don't believe that you can be great, then you're not going to be great. And I know it sounds like some, you know, fancy mumbo jumbo stuff, right? And that's what Greg Vanny was talking about in our Zoom call a couple of days ago. You have to get out of the mindset of just being good enough to be great. So, so uh, again, we talk about how this this team absorbs what Granny, Gre- what Greg Vanny says. Granny, yeah, Greg. That's that's what that's what you get when you put Greg and Vanny together. Um, you get Granny. Uh, when when Greg Vanny like said, when I don't think he would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> uh, but they absorb what he says. Um, I, I've and by the way, I've purposely left this person's name out until we get to the to. The, I want to explain all the things and then I'll tell you who said it. Don't worry, it's coming. Um, and, and so, you know, there's these things that are said over and over again, and there's these, um, these mantras that go in and, you know, the, there's, there's this mental side of things that is so undervalued, especially I think in major league soccer and in, in other areas of soccer at the higher levels, I guarantee you there's more focus on the mental side of things, Larry, but in major league soccer up to a certain point, the mental side of things I don't think has been taken care of as enough. Um, Wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall during that post game diatribe? Oh I w- boy! I would have liked to be in in there, oh like not a fly on the wall. I would have been like just standing in there to watch all of it, and everybody knew I was there, and they still and, and recording it and recording it, so everybody knew I knew I could do it. But this this is a team that needs to get out of its own way, right? We've seen them play flashes of good soccer. It is time that they take a step forward. And as they're getting guys back, as they're seeing guys get healthy, as Jonathan Dos Santos gets back, as Lispash and Legette, as eventually Chicharito comes back, as they get uh, Dejan Jovalich involved. I mean, there's going to be some bumps in the road, but these guys, let's, let's put this, if you want to take everything and put it in a positive spin, Larry, the LA Galaxy played like crap in the second half and got a 1-1 draw. The best teams, when they play bad, can either win or draw a game. And I think that if you want to take the positive from that, and it's hard because that's an ugly game to watch. I mean, you and I were falling asleep in the press box during that second half. It was a boring, boring game. Um, Looking at all that stuff, but it's it's that's the positive that we can take. We talked about the win over RSL being a professional win, right? You grind it out one nothing. You get that win and you move on. This is one where you don't like to drop points at home. And it's Josh's number one rule is you don't lose games at home. They didn't lose. They drew Greg Vanny now 66 percent of the time gets either a point or better uh, with his time with the L.A. Galaxy. Um, so all those things. So there's one player in there, Larry. He's he's yelling, he's screaming, he's he's begging, and he's motivating the whole time. And that player hey, is Josh. Yes, Josh, I yes. think you want to ask our listeners who they think that player was. So I saw some Sasha's in there. Um, some people think that it's Ted Lasso, which is a good guess as well, or um, Led Tasso, or Led Tasso because he was very upset. Um, so you know all those things uh, are are in there. So. Um, they're, listen, they'll eventually get it. I've given people time to think about it. They've yelled at the thing. There's a delay in the chat room. I don't want to sit here and wait for like another 15 seconds while we sure. while we guess. But that player is Chicharito. All right, this is a guy who's injured, who hasn't played what now in eight games, I think. Um, dealing, he hasn't played since June 26th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he missed the July 4th game. Right, that was his yeah. first game that he missed. So he hasn't played yeah. since July, um, or since that June. He went all the way through July. All right. He played against San Jose that three to one win, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so you go through all of that. It's the guy who's been injured. Now, let me give you an update again, because I see the conspiracy theories, Larry. There's people with tinfoil hats on out there thinking that Chicharito is. We're not talking about about UFOs, are we? No, no, we're not. Um, But they think that Chicharito is somehow like faking an injury or stuff like that. 
All right. And I think you and I have talked about this a little bit. Let's go over exactly sort of what happened. Again, we talk about the calf strain. All right. It's the same calf that he injured last year that put him out for two months. Okay. Greg Vanny told us that there was scar tissue that had built up in that tear. And then the scar tissue ended up creating an edema, right? Which is basically fluid building up in a cavity of some sort, either in the calf or in that scar tissue or around that scar tissue. And that I believe that had to go in and actually be drained, right? They had to go in there and actually remove that fluid so that way the healing could continue. Those are all really important things. These are, this is not just like, oh, I hurt my calf and I'm going to be not be able to walk right for the next week. This is something that was, you know, a little more serious and it doesn't have to be where he couldn't walk on it. I mean, if you've seen him doing his walk or his workouts and stuff like he looks like he's walking fine, but it's the availability. It's the ability to cut Larry. It's the ability to backtrack. It's the ability to change direction. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is a serious thing. Now, I think we're on the tail end of it. Um, I'm not going to say that. We hope we're on the tail end. Right. I'm not going to say Saturday's it. I don't know. Um, and and we haven't been able to guess that at all. And there seems to have been setbacks and a bunch of other things. But this is a guy, Larry, who has been injured, who hasn't been, who is absolutely 100% a part of this team and is in there rallying the troops as much as he can. You know, it's good to see. Uh, you know, I'm sure the most of the times he's, he's felt a little bit left out of what's been going on having missed so many games. And I go back to what I said earlier. I don't think it was a strain cap. I think he tore a cap muscle, though the galaxy won't say as much, but you know, here's a guy who's used to playing on teams or playing great soccer on teams. And maybe this was the tipping point seeing the galaxy struggle against a, let's face it, a very average Vancouver team and get nothing out of it except a point. Uh, extremely disappointing, extremely frustrating, and maybe, maybe this is his way of trying to uh, to rally the guys, to rally the uh, the troops, and and snap them out of this funk, and say, hey, enough of this crap, guys. I mean, let's let's we're we're too good for this. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was it was nice to see. It. Well, like I said, I would have loved to hear the recording. <laughs> it, it was great. I'm sure I'm sure there were a bunch of not safe for work uh, words on there, which again right. is, is really or Sophie's. Swear jar. Yes, Sophie's swear jar definitely would have been uh, been filled up there. So, um, you know, again, I think you could take a lot of things from this game. Um, if we look at average positions and stuff like that, everything looks really good. I don't have a problem with any of these positions. Uh, Ravellison uh, dropping back in between the two center backs between uh, Derek Williams and Koulibaly. I thought that was good. Uh, Jonathan that looks Del- like a microorganism. It, it look, I think it looks like a bird. There's a tail end on one side, and then there's like a little birdie beak at the other side, and... Kevin Cabral is the beak. So Cabral as the striker is the most forward advanced player. You'd like to see that Sebastian Legette getting into that. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos being a little bit more uh, advanced than Legette or a little bit less advanced than Legette um, right behind Efrain Alvarez. Alvarez, I will say cutting inside a lot, which is expected from him because he's more of a central player anyway. So um, that's why eventually he may go to the bench is that he he pulls himself into the center where if you have Grant Sear and you have Cabral, they're going to stay more on the outside. Although uh, on this one, Grant Sear is is inverted. But remember, he switched sides in the second half. So they take his his average position, which is more to one side or the other than that. So uh, that's sort of where you sit 
uh, with the uh, with the LA Galaxy's average position. I have no problems with the expected goals, one point six to one point six. That sounds like a draw to me, Larry. Whenever they're when, whenever they're, <laughs> they're they're both there. Um, so none of that surprised me. So I mean, really, the stats are unsurprising in any way. The result is surprising just because you you'd expect the LA Galaxy to want to have that revenge. Uh, I got to go on Vancouver Radio for their pregame show, and they were talking about you know what are the, what's the Achilles heel of this LA Galaxy team, and I'm like you know it's been staying healthy and it's been you know sort of staying into um into these games in the second half this you you want to know why vancouver has has the la galaxy's number larry i I think i figured it out the la galaxy are a good first half team but aren't a great second half team yet and the vancouver whitecaps are probably the best second half team in major league soccer um and so you know uh it was funny because whenever they scored in the second half i was watching some of the whitecaps accounts and stuff like that and they're like like clockwork on in the second half uh, Mark Dos Santos makes incredible adjustments, knows what to do. Derek Williams talked about players popping up in different pockets whenever they came in the second half, and it took the LA Galaxy a while to figure out where they were coming from and how they were to handle that. That has to be better. I so. would have loved to figure out just how many second-half goals Vancouver scored this season. It might be it might be eye-opening. It really might, but Almost. I'm not going to take the time to do it. I mean, it's Vancouver. I don't care. <laughs> I, I think they might be a team that like has not scored in the first half this year. It's it's one of those. It's like that <laughs> ridiculous. It's it's yeah. it's that skewed. So, anyway, we look at that. Um, uh, we have a question saying, uh, "Does uh, Dion 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 does Jovalich does not to be confused with the uh, 1950s singer either? Just Dion. Okay, just Dion. Um, I'm, he, I'm aging myself badly with these remarks. I'm it, sorry. It's okay. There's there's at least one or two of our listeners who are your age that I'm sure enjoy it and laugh and cackle and enjoy, just just have a Paul. They would write to us, but they don't know how to use email. So I'm sure. Well, let's face it. I mean, I am old, so you know. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but we we still like you, Larry. Uh, Larry yeah. was Larry. By the way, I was very surprised in the anthem uh, with your anthem comment this week weekend i the anthem, it was pretty good the see you said it was pretty good you said it, it wasn't it wasn't the unnecessary trilling that i've that, that i've grown accustomed to with so many uh so many performances this one was okay this one was acceptable anyway i would ju- i just thought it was yeah. it was funny i'm still uh, waiting for you to do the anthem josh i do it all the time in my shower every morning um, yeah, so that's where we sit on that. So anyway, uh, Jovalich doesn't have his visa yet. We, at least they haven't notified us that the LA galaxy schedule says that we have a media call on Thursday, which is good. Cause we have a live show on Thursday night. Uh, the hammer should be there for that one. And, um, we should know then whether or not, uh, Dayon has his, uh, his, uh, his visa yet. So we'll be able to to pay attention to that as we go. Although if the if the track record means anything with the Galaxy this season, they'll probably have to wait about two months. I was going to say, <laughs> Vanny is adamant that that's not going to happen this time. All right, he was he told us. All right, he wants that. He wants it back. He's, he's hoping and praying it won't happen. Uh, all right. So um, if we look at points per month and, and sort of where the LA Galaxy stand, you know, July had six games and they averaged one point one seven games. Uh, 1.17 points per game in that month. You can't have a repeat of that, but there were three games that were on the road in that one as well. So, um, you know, sort of keep that in mind. The majority of the games were on the road in July. The majority of the games are at home in August. So the LA Galaxy currently undefeated in the month. They're undefeated in three games, which is their longest, I think, undefeated streak this year, Larry. Is that correct? Uh, it looks like, yes. I think it is because I kept looking yes, and saying, uh, oh, this could have been the there, th- there are 2-0-1 the last three. I'm looking at this chart. It looks like you are correct. Okay, good. That was I was guessing, and I'm also pulling up the form guide 
on my phone just so I can double check it as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so undefeated in three, longest undefeated streak. So that's okay. Uh, the 2.0 points per game in August is good. You want to keep it there with two away games, one of those coming up on Saturday against Minnesota. Um, you're going to want to pay attention to that one. The the LA Galaxy are, are underdogs in this game. No, no doubt about it. Whenever they go to Minnesota, uh, there's there. It's going to be a very, very tough game. So the loons are going to be tough. They, yes, they are. Yeah. So keep that in mind. We'll preview that game on Thursday for you. So and you I hate know. to say it, but the Galaxy might, might be loony after this upcoming game. Who it, knows? It, they very well could be, you know, after this put, trip, put, yes. put in their place, but this is a crazy, stupid little trip that we're going to talk about here in a second. Yeah. So, um, if we look at goal projections right now through 18 games, the LA Galaxy on pace to score 54.8 goals, but to give up nearly 53 goals. So that's not great. We'll go right past that one. Keep on going. Um, just so you can sort of keep an eye on the, the LA Galaxy goals scored 29 and 28 goal differential minus a uh, plus one right now. Uh, if you look at previous seasons and sort of where they've sat, if we said, you know, in that 53 range um, to score goals is actually pretty high in terms of um, goals you can score. So uh, 55 five goals that they're on pace to score. It's not a bad pace, but 53 okay. is a lot whenever you sort of compare those different ones. Uh, points per game overall, LA Galaxy averaging 1.78 points per game in 2021. Their average across all their seasons is 1.52. And if you look at some of those uh, MLS Cup winning seasons there, Larry, uh, in the 1.79 range, in the almost two range in 2011, uh, in 1.6 range in 2012, um, so at 1.78 right now, the LA Galaxy actually probably fitting into a, a, a good a good sort of spot. And then I wanted to get my I updated my chart that I normally have that has all the wonderful colors. I changed the colors, and the reason I changed them is we actually color coded them. This was a, a suggestion from one of our Discord users. Um, is that all of the years where the LA Galaxy made the playoffs are in blue. All the years the LA Galaxy uh, missed the playoffs are in gray, and all of the years the LA Galaxy won MLS Cups are in yellow. So you can nice. sort of keep a better idea of exactly where all those are. At 32 points through 18 games, the LA Galaxy are off to their second best or third best, depending on how you sort of want to couch it, third best start Looks since like 2010. Third best. Yeah, since yeah. 2010. Which is sort of the modern era. It was said the all-timer best was in what 1998. 1998, 43 points, but 43 that was points. that was no shootout, or that was with the shootout. So with you, the shootout, yeah, you kind of got to throw that out a little bit. Um, yeah. But you know, whenever you look at the LA Galaxy not making the playoffs, uh, there was a, there was that first little spurt in 2006 through 2008, uh, and then it was okay under Bruce Arena through 2009, that type of thing. And then you go in and you start 2017, missed the playoffs. 2018, missed the playoffs. 2019, made the playoffs. 2020 missed the playoffs, and so far we don't know where the LA Galaxy are going to be pulling up uh, there. But it looks right now at least like they are destined for the playoffs. And if you look at their 62 points, Larry, remember they wanted 31 points um, after at the midway point, which would mean that if they predicted that out, it would be 62 points total. The 62 points, I believe, and I looked this up earlier today, would be the second or third best season ever for an LA Galaxy team. Now, can they duplicate that 31-point first half in the second half of the season? What do you think? I mean, there's a chart here that we can get to that I think If maybe, everybody is healthy, I think they have a shot. But boy, that's asking a lot. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. But I will tell you, you talked about being lucky or unlucky this year. Somebody does have the unlucky versus lucky versus good versus bad chart that got put out today. There you um, go. I believe this was from, and let me get the, uh, the play. The yeah, I was going to say, where'd you find this? Yeah. It's on Twitter. Everything's on Twitter. Uh, this is from Elliot McKinley. Uh, he posted this on Twitter. I don't know where he got the chart, if it was somebody else, but he posted it, wanted to sort of show it. Now, 
before you feel before you freak out, right? The LA Galaxy are one of the quote luckiest teams. And if you look at uh, good and lucky on this chart, right? It's one of these four quadrant charts, right? Um, if you look at one of these charts, like good and lucky would be the New England Revolution. They're good and they've been lucky, right? Yep. Lucky and unlucky is a misnomer for this, okay? All this is showing you is whether or not you're over or underperforming your expected points, all right? And expected points is like expected goals. They project it out and they take a look at it, okay? The LA Galaxy... And the reason that they are quote unquote lucky right now is because they are outperforming their expected points by almost 10. All right. The LA Galaxy have 32 points. And if you look at their expected points and what uh, American uh, American soccer analysis now, I forget the exact website. I'm sorry. I, I had it on here at one point. Um, but when they looked it out and they, they rejected out the expected points, Larry, they expected the LA Galaxy to have just shy of 23 points, 22.95 points. And the LA Galaxy currently have 32 points. So that's 10 points is a lot when you think of it. It is a lot. So that means so so don't think of this as lucky or unlucky. It is the LA Galaxy outperforming what they were expected to have, okay? Which is a good thing. Now, the problem with this is that in analytics and looking at this, you would expect that there is a regression in this back towards the average. But that doesn't mean anything. All right? I think the year Liverpool won the uh won uh the English Premier League they were very high on the lucky scale and you need to be high on the lucky scale to win championships too, but good and lucky and then good and unlucky like LAFC right now apparently is a good and unlucky team. So is New York city, even though New York city is one of the, one of the better teams in the Eastern conference. Um, you know, you can, you can certainly look at that. I don't know if anybody watched that San Jose game against LAFC, but I don't think you could ever say that they were unlucky in that game uh, and, just they, outplayed. and they weren't good either. So I, you know, it's one of those things that's over the course and, and looking at the different charts on where it is. So don't be discouraged by this chart because lots of people are out there. Oh, the Gilly Galaxy are just lucky. They're not good. Listen, they're also right on the borderline of bad and good, which means they're like a little bit a below quote unquote average team in terms of bad and good. And they're more on the lucky side than the unlucky side. Take the lucky side, ride it all the way to a championship. That's what I say. Do you think New England is the best team in the league right now? Uh, you know, yes and no. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, Seattle was sporting Kansas City. Boy, I'll tell you, I mean, the West is loaded in my opinion, much, much stronger than the East. I, I, I agree. Um, I agree hundred percent. I agree hundred percent with that. Um, but you know, and don't, don't forget about Colorado either. Oh boy. They're just, they're, they're, they're just sneaky good. Well, let's get to my favorite MLS power rankings that actually use like real, uh, real factors instead of just magic and wishing, um, like so often is the case on the MLS website. Uh, right now they have the LA galaxy at seven. This is Ben Wright's at Ben Wright on Twitter. Um, he puts this out and they have the LA Galaxy at seven, slightly under the Colorado Rapids. Nashville is at five. Seattle's at four. New England is at three. So, Larry, there's the argument that New England is not the best team in the league right now. Uh, New York City at two and supporting Kansas City at one. So SKC is still the best, quote unquote, team in Ben Wright's power rankings. And again, backed up by data and all that sort of stuff. So. Um, this is whenever you look at these, these power rankings, it says the LA galaxy are seven. I think that you're going to have to watch Colorado and the galaxy play in order to figure out who's the better team is. And as of right now, I don't know that we know the answer to that. Um, I think all. you're right. And that's, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be one serious game to watch. It really will be. I, I mean, and it's, it's, it's like, like I said, call, call the, the Rapids just flying under the radar. Nobody's paying attention to them. And those are the kind of teams that just, 
just scare the hell out of you. Yeah, Robin Frazier is a good coach, FYI, and he, and I think they put together a, a decent MLS side. Um, and we talk about that two percent being the difference, right? Um, Colorado has that has the ability to find that two percent and and beat teams, so you can't take them lightly. And they will be the LA Galaxy's only Tuesday game. All right, the Galaxy play one Tuesday game. It is coming up. The Galaxy play Saturday and then Tuesday and then Friday. All right. Ooh. Yes. Wow. And and so let's get this is this has been all over and, and certainly uh, attendance and scheduling has been at the forefront of everything that has been going on today on Twitter. Um, and I'm 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 kind of uh, I'm kind of in the I don't want to talk about it anymore. But also I've been arguing about it all day, so I might as well have a one sided argument on this where I get to just talk and everybody else has to listen. Uh, Larry, you're obviously invited on part of the talking part, but um, okay. We we listen. This has been going thank on. Thank you for that. Thank you for that privilege, by the way. You're welcome. Um, this has been going on for a while, Larry, and we have seen this. And if you haven't been paying attention, I don't know where you've been. But scheduling has been interesting. I guess that's really too nice. Scheduling has been crap in terms of getting people in seats, right? Now, there are two things that you have to take into account for scheduling. Um, one is nationally televised games and how they don't care if there's anybody in the seats. So they will play those games at any time on any day. National the game com- against the Loons, the upcoming game against the Loons is on Fox, right? The, that game is against Fox, but it's on a Saturday, Fox. and it's at it's three. On Saturday. It's okay. it's okay. in the okay. it's in the sweet spot. Technically speaking, it's in the sweet spot. Even if that yeah. game was played okay. in LA okay. at um at eight or at five, let's see, no, at six, um, then it would still be one of those games where you're like, okay, six o'clock on a Saturday is is a prime time game, and it would be on Fox. That type of thing. It's at three p.m. Um, because it's being played, I think it's six uh, in Minnesota. Is Minnesota Eastern time? Or are they are they Central? Uh, Central. Are they Central? Okay. Anyway, it doesn't yes. matter. It's three o'clock Pacific time. We don't need to get crazy. So it's four o'clock their time. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when we look at you know the the schedules and and the things that are going on, that national televised game schedule is the absolute number one thing that will screw up a schedule a hundred percent. Um, that is, if you're looking at any culprit right now, it is the national television, um, schedule because everybody knows that the prime time for an LA galaxy game, Larry is to play at seven or seven thirty on a Saturday night and you will get the most people that you can get. Right. You, do you agree with that? Sure. Okay. All right. Anything outside of that earlier in the day? Um, if you go into Sundays, that, that slacks some things off too. even earlier in the day. If you play on Friday on a Friday night, that affects things. If you play a Friday night in Southern California is not a Friday night in anywhere else. If you have to travel to go somewhere, a Friday night in Southern California is a weekday game. It's, you might as well be playing it on Wednesday because you still have to deal with traffic and traffic is worse on a Friday. Um, now, are there, are there still restrictions from Cal State Dominguez as to how many games the galaxy can play during the week or what time the kickoff? Could be. I know there used to be. But there I'm used to be. They don't. Ha- they don't have them anymore. And I don't know okay. if it was because the galaxy didn't brush up against them, Larry, or if they just okay. don't have them. Okay. okay. So that's there's nobody worries about those restrictions anymore. Um, but when you play is important. Now, at the beginning of this season, and some of these may have changed a little bit. They changed some times and they did some different things and that type of thing. But overall, at the beginning of the season, I laid out where the LA Galaxy's games would come from. And if you're looking at it, weekday, Monday through Friday, there's 12 games. If it's a weekday, if there's a weekend, you had 22 games overall that were on a weekend, right? Midweek games, basically the, the, the I think I termed midweek as Wednesday or Thursday. There's nine of those games. 
All right. And then I broke it down by days of the week as well. You can see there's one game on Monday, which will be against Seattle in the second to last game of the year up in Seattle. Um, then there's one Tuesday game, which we talked about is coming up on Colorado this, uh, this next week, not, uh, Saturday, then Tuesday, then Friday. Um, there's only two Friday games that are there as well. So you look at that, no Thursday games in, in any of these, but 14 on Sunday and eight on or 14 on Saturday and eight on Sunday. So most of the time you will see the LA galaxy play on the weekend. But that being said, Larry, if you look at from this point on right now, as we are here, there is only one Saturday 7.30 p.m. game for the rest of the season from right here. Just one? Just one. Wow. And who's that? Uh, I believe it is against Portland, and the game is on Spectrum, right? So it's not a nationally televised game. All right. One Saturday game left in schedule. That's hard to believe. Yes, that's it. Um, so, so now there are some other Saturday games. They're just not at 7.30, right? There's one, I think, that's at like 12.30. Um, I actually brought the schedule up so I could read it and, and really take a look at this. But you have to understand, those national televised games, like, okay, so there's a game at 3 p.m. This one's on Fox coming up on Saturday. Uh, Spectrum has the Tuesday game. You were asking, though, why are the, why are the Galaxy playing on Tuesday, Larry? Because that's what you should be asking. Why aren't they playing on Wednesday? They play it on Josh, Saturday. why are they playing on Tuesday? Because of a nationally televised game on Friday. They wanted LA Galaxy versus San Jose. ESPN wanted the game. And if ESPN wants the game, they don't want to go up on a Saturday. A lot of times they either go on Sundays or Fridays, right? Well, in this particular case, LA Galaxy, San Jose, ESPN, ESPN, or ESPN2, ESPN Deportes, that game is on a Friday. And that game is at 7.30 p.m. And that is why there's a Tuesday game because of the Friday game. Okay. Don't you love the way TV controls everything? But I mean, if you are getting more money from the television side of things than you are from people sitting in seats and even a packed stadium for an LA Galaxy game doesn't necessarily mean that you get equal the amount of money that your television deals are doing. You cater to where you're getting more money and the league thinks that getting more money from the television side of things is where the where where that needs to happen. So they don't care when we start games. And that's stupid. All right. I'm telling you right now because it looks bad. All right. If you're going to play a game at 1230 p.m. on a Saturday, Larry, you're not going to have the same crowd as if you had it at, you know, 8 p.m. on a Friday or 730 p.m. on that Saturday. Those things matter. But when you cater to the television, especially in, in Southern California, you get empty. You get empty seats. That's what you sure. get. And you can see that you now I gave you a, your your assignment, right? Of, Under threats of dismemberment, I must point ab out. Absolutely. I threatened you. I said, I said, could you please look it up? Look at the L.A. Galaxy's average attendance. Now, give me give me the average attendance with the covid restrictions first. OK, with the covid restrictions, those had to do with the first four matches. But overall, they are averaging, including the covid re restrictions, 13,903 per game. Which is a low number. And any, so anybody who low includes number. the COVID-restricted sort of things doesn't really look at where they're going. So if you go now and look at, take those COVID-restricted games out. Now, how, were, there, were there six games? Six games. Six, six home games, games. Starting June 19th against Seattle. Yep. The last six games, they have averaged 18,433. And the largest? Uh, the two largest crowds were 23,165 against Seattle on June 19th. And 23,556 on July 4th against Sporting Kansas City. The low in the last six matches was 15,544. 
versus Real Salt Lake. And of course, that was a Wednesday match. It was a Wednesday match. But then there was a Friday match against Portland, right? And the numbers were right. almost the same, were they not? Right. 15,644, uh, 100 more fans. I don't know where they squeezed them in, but 100 more. 100 more. Okay. I I got I think I got a lot of crap on Twitter because whenever I tweeted out the <laughs> you people yeah. disagreed with you big surprise nobody's there's okay. there's a whole bunch of people who think they want to be keyboard warriors with some of this stuff um, yeah. I'm gonna tell you none of this is easy none of this is is like just simple and you can't just sit there and say oh yeah this is exactly the reason why all this is happening there's multiple reasons that stuff is happening with the LA Galaxy right now in attendance um, one of them is that if whenever I listen to those numbers even your best numbers the 23s I sit there and go, so that's two or 3,000 short of where it should be normally, right? So we have to take into account the pandemic. Some people don't want to come back yet. Totally understand. Uh, with Delta out there, you need to be as safe as you want to be. Um, and so, you know, I, I wear my mask a lot whenever I go to games uh, down do on too. the concourse and up it's in the press box. It's almost got to be a habit. It's got to be a habit now. Yeah, and, and so you look. And, and somebody was asking, you know, how did these stats look compared to other teams? From the accounts that I've seen that I've been following, the LA Galaxy have seen a more or a larger dip in their attendance than some of the other teams. All right. So keep that in mind as you go. Now we talk about the pandemic. That's one thing that certainly could be it. We talk about scheduling absolutely affects the LA galaxy always has since I've been covering the team since 2009. All right. The day of the week and the time absolutely affects. I can usually guess where the attendance is going to be based on what time and what day it's played. I'll tell you right now, two to 3,000 short of where I expect in most of these. I feel like everything's two to 3,000 short on all of these. Uh, I will tell you, the bad run of play the LA Galaxy have had over the last four years absolutely has hurt season ticket sales. Um, no doubt. While the LA Galaxy will not release season ticket sales, they won't tell us how many. You can beg, you can plead, you can guess, you can do all that stuff. Um, you know, at one point, I think they were saying it was about 9,500. Personally, me, never believed that number. Always felt that at their peak, they were closer to 85, maybe nine. Um, but I would say that now, if they're in the 72 to 68 range, that's what it feels like to me just based upon where I see everybody there. There's a couple things. Pandemic certainly hits that. Bad play certainly hits that. Uh, the LA Galaxy. I think the, I think the quality of competition, too. I mean, we're talking about games with Vancouver, what, games with Dallas, which, appara Real, which, Salt Lake. which yeah. apparently the Galaxy can't win sometimes as, as well, right. you know? Um, so. <laughs> I mean, there, there's that type of thing. I also will say, I mean, look at the season ticket uh, department with the LA Galaxy. The season ticket reps have been decimated. Most of those people work on straight up commission and they haven't been playing games and selling tickets. So they lost a lot of those people. Those people are gone. I'll say this as well. As an LA Galaxy person who is in charge of like marketing and things like that, how do you even predict what your marketing budget is going to be during a pandemic when you don't know where to sort of sink your money into and a whole bunch of other things that, that go into that? How do you even... You ha Usually these budgets are made at the beginning of the year. They're made at the beginning of the year and then that's all the money you have for the entire year. That's your budget for the whole thing. Well, how do you project that out for a pandemic year? I think one other factor we forgot to mention in this it might be minor. I'm not sure. I wonder how the absence of a certain Mexican international has affected the uh, attendance figures as well. I would Absolutely. imagine it's probably more noticeable than we would admit to. I think that whenever you're an, a team like the LA Galaxy who does not rely on season tickets, and this has always been one of the, I've seen people get fired. Uh, Tom Payne, who was a president of the LA Galaxy at one point, got fired because of season ticket numbers. All right. So. Um, this is a big deal. And the season ticket numbers for the LA Galaxy have always been low. They should have always been higher. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that could sort of come in that. So again, these are all the things that are sort of 
factoring into I what I would say is a two to three thousand people uh, lower numbers than where they really should be. You know, a Wednesday night should be around anywhere between 15 and 17. You know, they got 15, mm-hmm. so they were sort of in there, but it should be closer to 17. A Friday night should be closer to 19 and 20, and instead it's mm-hmm. at 15. A Sunday afternoon game, even against Vancouver, should be in the 21s or 22s, not in the 15, 16s, right? Like in, in that number. So, um, you know, a Saturday night game, or, or a July 4th game is a sellout. It wasn't a sellout. You know, all those things. Again, I understand pandemic. I understand all the factors, but I want to make sure everybody understands those are all factors in this. And it's not just one thing. Everybody wants to blame it on one thing. Um, the complaints this week have been warranted. People complaining about the food. Um, people complaining that somehow the uh, the bacon-wrapped hot dog vendors have apparently been kicked out of the parking lot. Now, I don't know if that's true, but... I know a lot of people who enjoy those bacon wrapped hot dogs from people who are just trying to do a good job and sell bacon wrapped hot dogs after the game. Uh, however that happens, I don't see what the big deal is with that. I'm sure people will disagree with me. That's fine as well. Um, the other complaints coming out of this game as well were the the roundup at the end of the night. Now, you and I don't leave right whenever the game is over, so we don't get stuck in traffic. We're usually on press calls and writing and doing stuff like that before we um, head out of the stadium. So usually whenever I get to my car, my car is sitting there all by itself in the middle of the parking lot. And then I get to drive off and there's nobody around. Um, but we do see from the press box that, uh, that the, the police have been rounding sort of rounding everybody up and getting them moving right now. Um, over the last couple games, I think there has been an increased police presence and there was an incident on the Friday night against the Portland Timbers, um, that caused somebody to get hurt and actually go to the hospital. There was a, a clash between two fans or two fan groups, um, not supporters groups, but between, you know, some galaxy fans and some Portland fans and somebody got hurt and ended up having to go to the hospital. I understand that as well. Um, but there's something that's unnerving. And certainly I saw the videos and I saw the pictures of stuff, Larry, where you have, you know. I don't know what looked like 14 or 15 police cars with lights and sirens on going around and trying to get at least and trying to get galaxy fans out of the parking lot for some reason. Uh, The last two games I walked out to my car, there, there have been police cars all over the place, sirens blaring. And when it first happened, I said, was there a a shooting or some kind of incident in the parking lot? And just, uh, this added police presence just like, like you said, it's quite unnerving. I mean, I, they just want to clear that parking lot as quickly as they possibly can. And I can understand people being upset, uh, but I have a feeling we better get used to it. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and I don't know, I don't know where I understand the need for the police in the parking lots. I just don't understand the tactics being used. And, and yeah. so I, I think, you know, something has to be looked at. I think something has to be looked at at the food inside. I saw lots of people complaining about the food quality inside and there were some pictures of some pizzas that looked like, they were horrible. I don't know why stick, you would stick with the pretzels. I'm telling you, stick with the pretzels. <laughs> no, not everybody can just eat a pretzel, you know. It's, and by true. the way, it should it should be better than that, Larry. Right? It should, it should be better better than that. And so I would like to see the LA Galaxy do something about that. Now I understand during a pandemic and trying to get the food vendors back and trying to get like the standalone food vendors that are sort of like you know the ones that come from outside and do stuff in. That's harder to do. They're going to get a little bit of a pass still for me, but things have to happen. Um. So um, you're looking at that. And then there's a lot of complaints, again, about scheduling with with San Diego State University. Now, the Aztecs 
are playing their football games at Dignity Health Sports Park this year and possibly even next year as their new stadium is being built um, where the old, what was it, Joe Robbie Stadium? Is that is that the correct? Uh, what was or Jack Qualcomm. Murphy Stadium? Yeah, Jack Murphy. It was Jack Qualcomm. Murphy. Right? Qualcomm. Jack yeah. Murphy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Qualcomm. Yeah. So with Qualcomm Stadium, that thing got knocked down. They're building a new football stadium there uh, down in San Diego um, where San Diego State will play and possibly a San Diego MLS team as well. Um, so, um, that is, uh, that's, that's one of those things that you have to look at. So they're going to be playing now. People have said, and I think it's incorrect because I actually looked at the schedule. People have said that the LA galaxy have had, don't have any Saturday games because of San Diego state playing. And I can see no evidence of that. Um, there's a couple San Diego state games that where they play at Saturday night at Dignity Health Sports Park and the LA galaxy are away. So that could be evidence that they offset the schedules. But there is no game that I see of where the L.A. Galaxy are playing on a Sunday because San Diego State is playing on a Saturday. Right. And so however they move the schedule around, there are plenty of Saturdays that go unused for Major League Soccer. There was one there's I forget there's a Sunday game uh, somewhere for the L.A. Galaxy where there's no San Diego State game that weekend. And so the Galaxy could have played on the Saturday, but instead they're playing on a Sunday. Why? Because of national television. All right. And then like so, I mean. You're looking at this stuff. I understand being upset about it, but ultimately the LA Galaxy making that deal gets money into AEG and gets money back into that stadium and allows things to happen. Um, you know, I just, I, I just, I, that's not it. All right. It's the national television. It's the scheduling for the league that seems to have done this stuff. It is not the San Diego State University causing any sort of problems. So that's not it. You know, the bottom line of this, we talked about this before the show, just for Galaxy fans, just be thankful that we're talking about the Aztec soccer team and not the, not the Chargers football team and the, the Chargers potential for chewing up that field. Uh, the Galaxy got very lucky with the Chargers hosting or having their home games there. That Don't, don't, say, never, we, don't, don't say lucky, though, Larry. Don't say lucky well, because, but, because they did a great job with that yeah. field. But we, yeah, but we never had this, these serious rainstorms and the Chargers would play the following day and just chew it to shreds. It never happened. The Galaxy got very, very fortunate Yeah, okay. that, did, that didn't happen. All right. Um, no, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, I know people are complaining about season tickets as well. There was a season ticket hike. Uh, to hike. Um, I think the Galaxy are doing that, looking at basically looking at next season and what next season is going to be and how they expect the team to be. Listen, there was always going to be a hike. I can't tell you if it's justified for for you or not. I, they, they haven't given me all the numbers, so the 17% uh, is probably a little strong for some people, but it's probably... That's a, that's a, that's a pretty good raise, 17%. There is, really is. There is. So, I mean, everybody has... You know, everybody's like, well, I'm not going to renew... I, I am 100% supportive of anybody voting with their wallet. 100%. If you feel like the LA Galaxy haven't earned it, then do not give them your season tickets. Right. I mean, that's that's pretty easy. Right. You get to vote with your wallet in many different ways, um, you know, and you can still go to Galaxy Games because you can still find tickets on the side um, that may change as things get, quote unquote, back to normal. Um, but in, in this right now, I don't know that you're you're, you're overly concerned about that. Uh, things. So, you know, you have to make the LA Galaxy earn your season ticket members. And with the way that they played over the last four years, and maybe with prices, maybe that doesn't make sense for you. I'm 100% behind you if you decide that that's not the way that you want to go. Right, Larry? You get to vote with your wallet all the time. Sure. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, except for you, who watches the Cleveland Browns, regardless of how bad they are. And so, you know, I don't think they're learning any lessons, Larry. No, no. <laughs> and I, watch, and, and I struggle to watch the Indians and 
Cavaliers too. Oh boy, I mean, I, my my roots with my Cleveland teams go way back. I was, but, I was, uh, I was no, say. but I can I can understand where it might get too expensive for people to renew their season seats. But if you're if you're a true Galaxy fan, uh, I don't think there's any question that you renew your tickets. I mean, I, it's I, still a pretty good bargain. It really is. Do you think so? Because I would, yeah, I would, I think yeah. there's argument that you cannot resell. Although Twenty dollars for parking is steep. I uh, will say that. Well, that's that's just a loss. You don't get any benefit yeah. out of that. Um, yeah. But I will say, I will say this. I will say that there is a good argument that you can buy tickets off the secondary market right now, and you can see pretty much any game you want outside of the LAFC games, um, whenever they come to town. But you can see pretty much any game you want, and you can pay less than what most season tickets are for. Just, I'm just, if, if you want to work that hard, you could probably do that. Um, so anyway, okay. I'm just, I'm just, that's my argument. Um, but if I'm I had just, a chance to get season seats, I'd get season seats. I would. I'm, they'll kick you out as of the press box. As long as I don't have to eventually. pay a personal seat license like I have to do in the National Football League. Season seats. Okay. I'd go for season seats. All right. The Larry, Larry has the vote. I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, LA Galaxy schedule. Uh, team was off on Monday. Today is for recording. Training on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, and then they will travel to Minnesota on Friday to play their Saturday night game uh, against Minnesota United at going to be a tough one. Allianz tough. Field. It absolutely is. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, real quickly, in terms of standings, we talked about New England being at 40 points over there on the eastern side. Orlando's 10 points behind them in second place. That's quite a gap. Bruce Arena and the New England Revolution have opened up over there um, at 2.11 points per game. You come over to the Western Conference, the best team is Sporting Kansas City with 34 points. Galaxy could have been up there. They would yep. have beat Vancouver, but they didn't. They would have been the number one team in the Western Conference as well because they would have beat uh, the Kansas City. I was going to say Kansas City Wizards there for a second. Wow. Way Still, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather be third in the West and third last in the West. Absolutely. It is. It is. They yep. are in, they are in a good spot, but, the, you know, they everybody really realizes they lost some points there. LA Galaxy remain in fourth place in the Supporter Shield. So third place in the Western Conference, fourth place in the Supporter Shield. That has stayed relatively strong. All right. Um, anything else that you want to get to, Larry, or can we call it a night? No, sir. I think we can call it a night. All Again, right. uh, thank you for letting me sit in for Mr. Baxter these last two weeks. I'm sure people will look forward to to hearing uh, Kevin wax poetically again starting next Monday. Yeah, he's going to be talking a lot about Tokyo and, and the Olympics and his 7-Eleven yeah. time, so we'll we'll see how that goes. All right. Yeah. J- just to call him sensei. <laughs> if you're looking for Mr. Larry Morgan, you won't find him on Twitter. That's not where he's at, but he is over at cornerofthegalaxy.com, so you can find all of his writing. He has a great article with uh, a little Derek Williams angle there. You'll enjoy it. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. Looking for me on Twitter, at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S, M-A-N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. Please head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Uh, post-game video is up there. We got articles. We got recaps. We got all that fun stuff is ready for you. We have this podcast there too, so go listen to all of them and subscribe and like. All right, that does it for us tonight. For Larry Morgan, not on Twitter, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.